hurricanes, so I usually, you know, place my sermon something which is relevant to the current context. So the reason Hurricane Fiona, or the tropical storm, you want to call it as, made so much of destruction and havoc in the Atlantic Canada region during the last two, three days. So we see power outages, and we see trees falling down, and we see structures collapsing, may not be right in Halifax, and along the path of the hurricane, when, especially when hurricane made the landfall, it made a lot of damages to the structure and you know, to the things that were existing at the shore side. So when you think about all these things, even I couldn't even imagine how it would be if we are in the middle of the storm. I remember the major hurricane of the, of the past, Dorian of 2019, was considered as a category six when it hit the Bahamas. And it caused $3.4 billion, not million, billion dollars of damage to the Bahamian infrastructure. Only one hurricane ever in the history is ranked as category seven, Hurricane Patricia of 2015 that made landfall in Mexico, but not with a seven, but as a four or five, category four, where it landed in Mexico, damaging more than 9,000 houses, and it caused damage of worth of 460 million. Katrina is another very costliest US hurricane that ever recorded, claiming 1,800 lives and causing worth of $125 billion to the United States as it landed somewhere in New Orleans, Louisiana, and Mississippi, and Alabama. Hurricanes are dangerous, and even the one we experienced last two, three days was pretty dangerous. And yesterday's hurricane, in fact, it knocked down power from around 400,000 houses in Nova Scotia alone and around 82,000 houses in the Prince Edward Island. And it continued to make damages in Newfoundland, Newfoundland and Labrador. I couldn't even imagine how unsafe it would be to be in the middle of the storm. This morning I would like to title my sermon as In the Middle of the Storm. Can you read with me? In the Middle of the Storm. I want to read a scripture, a few scriptures from Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 to 23. Lamentations chapter 3, 19 through 23. Reading from NIV. Can you read it with me? I remember my affliction. The, the writer of Lamentations, Jeremiah the prophet, he says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. And he says, I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. And verse 22, he says, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And he says, I have hope because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Can you say, great is your faithfulness? 
The prophet is lamenting over something that with which he was afflicted in his life. God afflicted him. If you read the previous scriptures of the same chapter, he says, why God, you are afflicting me in this way. God afflicted him. People around him afflicted him. And God allowed people to afflict him to a greater extent, to a very severe extent. And the prophet is crying out and he is saying in Lamentations 3.19 as we read, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. You know, there are times in our lives we align ourselves to the same scripture and say, I remember, we say, I remember my affliction. I remember my wandering, the bitterness and the sufferings and the struggles that I went through in my life. First of all, I want you to imagine how it would be to be in the storm, during the storm. Probably none of us would have experienced what a real hurricane looks like. People who have gone through that, people who lost their dear ones, people who saw their, their, their building, their structure collapsing in front of their very own eyes. I was just imagining how it would be to be in the storm, during the storm. You know, most of the time when storm, storm, storm strikes, it strikes even the big ship, the cruise ships. I was just thinking about where these cruise ships were when storm strikes. They really had to go out deep into the sea to avoid any destruction. They need to be very clear, you know, they need to be very careful, try to turn the vessel so that the ship must be in the direction of the current and they should, the ship, they need to keep the bow or the front end pointing and plunging into the water. And they must make sure that they keep the vessels, you know, far away from the sea, sorry, far away from the shore because they don't want any rock or any shoreline stuff on which the ship had to crash. So they make sure that the ship is stayed staged somewhere far in the sea what it would be for someone or some vessel to go through and to be in the middle of the storm and to hear the lament the author of lamentation he says lamentations 319 again i remember my affliction and my wondering the bitterness and the gall how it would be when i am afflicted how it would be when i wonder for someone who had gone through bad experience in their lives, they were in the middle of the storm. It is really hard when we are in the middle of the storm. He says, I remember my affliction, the pain and the sufferings and the struggles that I went through in my life. We all would have gone through it when we lost our dear ones. We all would have gone through it when our dear ones were taken away from our lives. Remember those afflictions. I remember the wondering how much we are thrown here and there across the globe. Someone who has landed last week or week before, we know the struggles that they have gone through in their lives. I often tell them we are living in the ninth house after our marriage. Not bad at all, just only nine. How difficult it is for us to move and pack stuff, you know. Some of us, some of you have decided, no matter what happens, I'm not going to. You won't say that. I'm not going to. Can you declare it? I'm not going to. Oh. 
Just lost it. I'm not going to. Somebody's just like this. It's really painful. And for some of us, how many of you do not know that that's your destination? At least, thank God, we know that, you know, this is where our destination is. Some of us do not know where our destination is. 39, 49, now we are 59. We do not know where we want to settle down. Probably the, the other, other side looks really attractive. Before we die, we need to just go there and settle down. I need to buy a house there in that particular city before you and I leave. We have ambitions, it's all good, but then... How much it takes for the family when we move around for how much it takes for the children and here this, the, the, the author he says i remember my wandering not just moving on by himself there are people behind him chasing him people behind him trying to kill him and trying to destroy him and he was just in fear and moving around running around the bitterness and the gall the bad experience of going through sickness the bad experiences people give to us you know that is terrible at times when we deal with people it is terrible at times the kind of bitterness that we get in our lives the tragedy are losing our loved ones the bitterness and the gall when we go through all these things in our lives there is no doubt that we are in the middle of the storm going through the storm is painful it is stretching. How many of you would have stretched yourself last week? And I remember some of the wives, you know, they say that, can you buy this today? Because we are just really running out of this particular stuff at home. No. If anything is asked me during the weekdays, I'll say, no, I'll wait till Monday. I'll buy things, tough, only on Monday. And we see how many husbands standing in line in queue. To buy stuff running around here and there this shop that shop because there is no stock here there's no stock there running around stretching we were stretched during last couple of ways couple of days the amount of stress that it causes in our lives being in the storm causes tremendous amount of stress to all of us especially when it is a loss in our lives the pain is so heavy the bitterness is so heavy when we lose our loved one, when we lose our loved one departing from us, not loving us anymore, not liking us anymore, it causes pain, it causes bitterness in our lives. So in the middle of all these things, we need to look ahead still, and it's a great challenge for us to move forward. I know as we deal with some of those individuals, they have gone through something terrible in their lives. Now it is difficult for them. They question, why should I go further? Why should I look for anything better in my life? Because the person who is so precious to me, so important to me, who is taken away right now, how, can, how do you expect me to move further? How do you expect me to move forward? Lamentations 3.20 he says, I will remember them. I will never forget those painful moments. I will never forget those terrible times in my life. And my soul is downcast within me. He's simply saying, I'm sick and I'm tired. I'm sad. And I don't have a way to move forward. I don't have a reason to move forward. We're talking about the aftermath of a storm. Aftermath of a storm. In many cases, the aftermath of a storm is worse than the storm itself. Do you agree with me? If you know a little bit about the storm. 
The aftermath is much more worse than this time in itself. Leaving behind the broken glasses, debris falling from a tree, the tree that, that got damaged and fall down and blocked the street, the power outages, and stuff that is being thrown away. You know, sometimes we need to go in the backyard and look for stuff where they're gone, where they're not in our backyard anymore. Probably they would have already taken away by the wind. The aftermath. I really realized when I was just driving through downtown yesterday, I really saw that you know, the debris and the branches falling down. I didn't expect this much to happen, but then, the, you know, I saw the municipalities clearing all this stuff. So aftermath of a storm is really difficult, and power needs to be restored. You know, still Nova Scotia Power is working on that. More than 400,000 customers, they have come up to 200,000 somewhere there right now. Still many people are not having power. They need to check the water quality after a storm. Infrastructures need to be repaired and transportation need to be restored. You know, so there is so much need to be done. So aftermath of a storm is always difficult. Many more efforts need to be carried out. Here the, the, prophet, the, the prophet says, Prophet Jeremiah says in Lamentation 3.20, I will remember them. Can you say I will remember them? Out loud, I will remember them and, and my soul is downcast within me. I'm very dull inside of me. When I remember what I had gone through in my life, now it's all over, but I couldn't come out of it yet. You know, those who lost their loved ones, they're in the middle of the storm. This morning I will talk to you something that will help you going forward. They're in the middle of the storm. Fighting to come out of it. The pain of losing the loved ones is really known after the storm. When I lost my dad, my mom was still in shock. I was there, but then when exactly he passed away, I couldn't be there. My brothers were there, so he was just watching from here. And she appeared to be brave and strong when dad died. We brought her to Halifax after two weeks. Then the whole thing started. Then the whole thing started and she became terribly sad and she became terribly missing my dad and the night she screams at times and cries and he started beating on her breast. Why? Everything starts after math after that incident took place. The same scripture verse 20, I'm reading from NLT. It says, I will never forget this awful time as I grieved over my loss. I will never forget this awful time as I grieved over this loss. Being in the middle of the storm gives us a roller coaster experience. We are thrown here and there. And at times, you know, during that time when we are in the middle of the storm, we become numb. We become speechless because we do not know what we are going through. And we are at times we are traumatized. We do not know what is happening around us. But once we come out of the storm, the aftermath kick in, kicks in and then we refuse to come back to normal. People refuse to come back to normal. They want to be in that state because they became numb and they did not know what had happened in their lives. Because the loss had made such a tremendous impact in their lives. How do we handle that situation when it comes on our way? 
Max Lucado, in his book, The Eye of the Storm, he opens this book with this beautiful story of Chippy, the parakeet. The owner of, the chip, uh, owner of Chippy, they were, he, uh, she was having Chippy in a cage. And the owner wanted to clean this particular cage where Chippy was there for a long time. And the owner got a vacuum cleaner in her hand and she removed all the other attachment and she took the hose and moved Chippy to one end of the cage and she started cleaning the cage from the other end. And suddenly she got a phone call. And as she was holding the vacuum cleaner in her hand, she went and she took the call. And the caller was her friend. And as she was talking to that caller, talking to the phone, the hose, she was holding the hose slightly moved from the left side to the right side. And suddenly she heard a voice zoop. And she, Chippy was no more found in the cage. And she realized that vacuum cleaner sucked Chippy and she immediately went down and she opened the vacuum cleaner and she took the bag of the vacuum cleaner and turned open it and she found Chippy is still alive but totally covered in the dirt. So she grabbed him and she raced to the bathroom and she opened the shower with cold water and allowed Chippy and run, allowed the running water over Chippy for a moment. And she washed him completely and took Chippy little bird. And she thought probably it's a good idea because she, he started shivering right now. And she took the blower and she thought she will give a hot air blow on her, on him. And she did that quickly. And Chippy got dried and she became really well. The woman at the other end of the phone, she was just listening to all these things that is happening. A couple of days later, she called the owner to find out how Chippy is doing. The owner replied, well, Chippy doesn't sing anymore. He always just sits there and stares at me. Aftermath of what we go through in our lives that makes us numb and we are not willing to move forward anymore. Chippy was stuck. It was really sucked into the vacuum cleaner, washed up and dried up and all happened. But then Chippy lost his song and refused to live a normal life anymore. Lamentations 3.21, he says, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. We as children of God, we are not allowed to be in that state forever. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Can you read with me verse 22? Because of, verse 22, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. The author is saying something amazing in these two scriptures, which probably nobody gave, nobody told ever on the face of this earth. He says in verse 21, can you read again? Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love and we are consumed for his compassions. Never fail. Let's talk about the post-disaster relief. One storm strikes in and once the aftermath has been candled well, now we need to talk about the disaster relief after the storm. There is repair need to be done, 
Restoration needs to be done. Re-establishments need to be done when a land or a part of the globe is striked with such a great storm. Helping families and individuals and the communities to come out of the trauma. Helping families and individuals, you know, and trying to provide help, uh, healing from their physical and emotional damages that the situation would have caused them. And help them to continue their normal way of living. It's a major part of any recovery process. After any storm, the post-disastrous recovery is going to take money. It's going to take effort. It's going to take time. When we go through such things in our lives, at times, you know, we become numb and we become speechless. But God wants us not to be in that state forever anymore. God wants us to come out of it. Most 22 again, because of Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. First thing God wants us to do is God wants us to thank him. Because we are alive today. Something happened to somebody and then he or she is gone. But we are alive today. We are alive today. God wants us to thank. After storm hits, people struggle to reconstruct themselves. But we are able to reconstruct ourselves because of God's love. Can you say God's love? Because God is merciful. Even though the situation struck you, in such a way, but God is still merciful. We're able to get constructed, reconstructed by God's love, and not because we are good, but because He is good. Not because we are good, but because who He is. It is really true the loss is painful. It appears that we can never recover from that. But here, the prophet says, it's possible because God's love. God's love does amazing things. It's possible because of his compassion. It's possible because of who he is. He is faithful. He is a faithful God. You know, this morning I want you to grab this secret. As we walk away from this place, we are just ready to face any adversities in our lives. We need to teach this to your family. We need to teach this to your children because they need to know. There are many people, they do not know how to handle situation and they get into the trouble. But it's not easy. During Corona, Joy lost, my wife lost one of her close friend's husband. And it's a an year after, still she is struggling to come out of it. It's not easy. He was an young man. He was, in a high, he was in a high position. He had done great things for the community that he served. But she lost him. And she's still struggling to come out of her situation. But she is alive. We are alive. God wants us to know that. The life must be continuing. Life must continue. We must recognize his love. We must recognize his compassion. It's easy to speak, but it, when we go through it, it is not that easy as we hear, as we speak. But God is faithful. God wants us to know. God wants us to know three things. Can you say God's love? God's compassion. God's faithfulness. You know, these are the three pillars you and I stand when calamities strike our land, our, our lives. 
God wants us to remember his love. God wants us to remember his compassion. God wants us to remember that he is a faithful God. I just wrote this in the next slide, if you agree with me. Can you read that with me? <clears throat> no, the next slide. In order to recover from your loss, can you read with me? And see whether you can agree with this. In order to recover from your loss when it happens, learn to live without the one that is indispensable. Absolute necessity to you now. Can you read that again? In order to recover from your loss when it happens, learn to live without the one that is indispensable, indispensable to you now. What you think that you can't live without that? What you think that you can't live without him or without her? If you learn to live when such calamity strikes us, it will be easy for us to move forward. That doesn't mean that you ignore somebody. That doesn't mean that you don't love anybody. God wants you and I to get prepared for the day in order to recover from your loss when it happens. Learn to live without the one that is indispensable. It's not easy. But our recovery will be easy if we learn to live without that stuff. If we learn to live without that somebody. If you learn to live probably without that pet in your life. Some people, sometimes we get so attached to pet, or sometimes we get so attached to people. Our own family, our own children, our own spouses. But God is asking us this morning, can you learn to live without the one that is indispensable to you now? I want you to just think it over. Just want you to think it over. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 23. They are new every morning. Great is faithful. You know, one thing that we all need to know, and nothing is stationary, nothing is permanent on the face of this earth except God. Except God. Many people realize this too late in their lives. But God wants us to realize this now when everything is all right. God wants us to know. God wants us to know this for sure that only I am permanent. Everything else is going to fade away. Everything else is going to fall apart. A family, a community, a country that is badly affected. It has to be rebuilt. Verse 3.23 says, They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Rebuilding hope. Can you say rebuilding hope? After the disaster, the community and the family and the structures all need to be built. But in order for that to happen, any life that is going through a tragedy or a trauma, if that life needs to be rebuilt, there, is, there are two things that are required. Number one, in order to rebuild, we need to have a hope that life will come back to normal. Number one. Number two, we need to have a hope that such a disaster won't occur anymore. Why should we invest three and a half billion dollars to reconstruct everything if you know that the very next year another storm is going to come in your life and strike everything down. That's where hope comes in the middle. That's where hope comes in as we read in verse 23. Great is your faithfulness. Life will, we need to hope that life will continue. Life will come back to normal. Number two, we need to hope that that destruction will never occur 
in our lifetime. It's hard to rebuild hope after a tragedy. But Bible says, Lamentation 3.23 says, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. I had a question that I was asking me and trying to find an answer. I'll ask you right now. How would it be to wake up next day morning without your loved one next to you in the bed as you lost him or lost her yesterday? How do we talk about hope in this situation? How do we handle that moment? But remember, one day you and I need to handle that situation in our lives. Always I have seen couple fighting with each other, <coughs> saying that, I want to go first. When I am gone, and the other person says that, no, 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 I want to go first. And who's going to first? Go first. Who's going to decide? God is going to decide. But somebody has to go first if you are fortunate that you both can together go in a single point of time, in a fraction of a second. There is nothing like that. How, do, how, it would be, how would it be when you wake up next day morning without your loved ones sleeping next to you in the bed? Because you lost her. Lost him. Yesterday. Only God's love. God's compassion. God's faithfulness can sustain you. Recently I read a story <coughs> of Cheryl Magunas. On the morning of September 11th, 20, 2001, Cheryl Magunas kissed her husband and said goodbye to him without knowing that she will never see him again in her life. Tom was the co-pilot of the American Airlines Flight 11 from Boston to Los Angeles. That was the first plane that crashed on the World Trade Center. When she heard Flight 11 had been hijacked and deliberately flown into the World Trade Center and no one survived, those who traveled in that flight, she couldn't believe. And she says, I was, Cheryl says that I was devastated. I became hysterical, hysterical, and I just started screaming, and I was saying, God, no, please don't call my husband home. At that moment, Cheryl was in a state of shock, total shock when that took place, when the senior pilot came home to convey the message more officially. Like most people, who survived such a great tragedy, Cheryl coped up really well. Some individuals, you know, she says, she writes in one of the blogs, she says some individuals manage negative experiences well, while others really struggle. And she writes saying that according to experts, in the wake of the World Trade Center attack, many people, many people suffered from severe stress. And then many people suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder, depression and general anxiety disorders and substance abuse disorder and various other things. They all struggled. They all suffered. Despite having such a personal tragedy which is connected to 9-11 attacks, Cheryl really did well under that given circumstances. Cheryl trusted, she writes saying that I trusted in the unfailing love of God his faithfulness. 
And she realized his mercy is new every morning. She writes saying that the very next day when I got up, the scripture came in my mind and said, Lord, I need that mercy. I need that mercy to handle each day. She also trusted the power of forgiveness. In Beauty Beyond the Ashes, a book she published three years later after that event took place, she writes, this is what exactly she writes, I'll just read, as unfair, unreasonable, and impossible as it seems, we still have work to do after the tragedy occurs. We still have roles to fill. We still have responsibilities to family and to others. The stuff of life may pass for a while, but it doesn't stop. Fair or not, that is reality. That is reality. Today, Cheryl is a motivational speaker and she runs her own business and her own ministry that provides support for people to came out of tragedies and came through violence and abuse in their lives. God wants us to rebuild our hope that we have in him. Shall we all arise this morning as we just summarize and close? It's hard to escape a storm. Even if you escape the storm, it is harder to handle the aftermath of the storm. And the post-disastrous recovery is going to be painful, but it is important in order to repair, in order to heal from the damages that the storm and the situation would have caused in your life. And going forward, rebuilding hope is necessary. To get back to normal, Rebuilding hope is very much necessary to fulfill the responsibilities God has given in our lives. For all that to happen, we must depend on three things, God's love, God's compassion, and his faithfulness.